I I was asked to to speak today, and I was also asked to speak again in December. And and things like this, opportunities like this, don't happen often, right? If you're, uh, I, I think when you're a, an elder or minister at any church, you're you're always sort of you get accustomed to sitting on the bench, essentially. And whenever your name is called and your number is called, you you enthusiastically jump up and jump off the bench and run in the game. It's almost like that. Uh, you know, coach, put me in, put me in. I want to play. I, I'm I'm ready. And I, I think it's just important for us as ministers to always always be ready, as the Bible says, in season and out of season, to not only give a, an account of our testimony, but to give the word uh, whenever the Lord would have us do so. And so I am I'm excited. Uh, to to be able to to put this together because last time I spoke, uh, Uncle Will he he asked he said well I want to hear part two, <laughs> part two of greater is he. The last sermon was greater is he, and I said okay well let's well, you know what whatever God gives me and it just so happened that we now have a three part series right so I'm uh, I'm learning like my uncle to put things together and piece things together in series formation. So this will be part two of this three-part series today. And so we're still keeping with that theme of greater is he, but our topic today is going to be a little different. And matter of fact, I don't even have a topic, but we're just going to jump right into it. And I ask that you would pray for me. I ask that you would pray that the Lord keeps me on focus because I have my mind is, there's a lot that I want to say. I'm not going to get to it all today. That's why we thank God for a series, amen? Uh, like they used to say, don't tell it all, um, you know, and, and leave a little bit for, for the next time. So, uh, God, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for uh, this wonderful church family that you have blessed us with. Thank you for the love that is just in our family. Thank you for the sincerity. Thank you for how genuine we all are and how we look out for each other. Thank you, O oh God, for the intercession. Thank you for the goodwill, the kindness. Thank you that we put each other first and that we, we truly care about the needs of each other. Thank you, God, that you have given us such great leadership and vision at Believer's Bible Church to be able to affect not only the local community, but to reach and expand and, and touch people nationwide, even internationally, where this work may be going into Canada and other places, uh, even Grand Cayman. And we thank you, O oh God, that you have just given us this opportunity to first and foremost worship you and to glorify you above all, to forget self and to lessen us so that you will be increased in our lives. Uh, we just thank you in Jesus' name. I pray that your word goes forth with accuracy, balance, and clarity. I pray, O oh God, that it takes root in our hearts and that it will help change us in terms of our lifestyle. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, your Holy Spirit. Let it lead. Let your Holy Spirit, let him lead the conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So yesterday, and I don't want to rub this in because mom told me that it was, or somebody told me yesterday, I think it was snowing uh, back home in Ohio. And I know there's been blizzards on the East Coast and all that. And I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't want to rub that in that, but I had to share my story to be able to really, to be able to preach, um, to share what I need to share. So yesterday I went to the beach. I know, I know. I went to the beach and 
I'm lying there and, and I'm not rubbing again, but I'm, I'm lying there on the beach in the sand and it's like 80 something degrees. And I wanted to just relax. I wanted to just relax and just meditate on, on God's goodness and, and what, you know, he is providing and opportunities and life and, and blessings. But as soon as I lie back on my back with my eyes closed, this, the most annoying fly in the history of flies just started buzzing around. I mean, this thing, it, it, it did a, a, a like a, what are, what are those, those uh, pilots <laughs> in Japan? Kamikaze, thank you. It, it, I mean, it went for a kamikaze dive into my ear. I had to knock it out of there. It went to my leg, my other leg, my elbow. And I'm like, what? I have no food with me. I'm on the beach next to the water and this fly just would not leave me alone. And so I couldn't really focus. I couldn't enjoy this meditation moment that I had planned because I was being distracted. And so the word came to me, uh, you know, open your eyes and look up. And so when I, was, when I opened my eyes, I could see the fly. That now, now, get this, the fly didn't leave. But by opening my eyes and looking up and seeing the clouds and seeing the blue sky and seeing the sun, now my focus and my attention was not being distracted by this fly. And so by what came to me after that is to look, open your eyes, look unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, right? Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So when I was, I opened my eyes and I looked up, the distraction didn't disappear but I was no longer focused on that distraction, amen? So this is leading into today's topic or today's message. And the crux of the, today's message is based off of uh, our late beautiful brother, Pastor Meeks, one of his favorite, favorite, favorite books, John 10, 10, he would quote this often. He would quote this often. King James, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Latter part of that, which we won't get to today, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And to me, usually when we quote that, we get excited about the latter part, right? We, 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 everybody wants life and Zoe and we want it more abundantly, right? And, and sometimes that, that is uh, misconstrued or, or it's, it's taken out of context to, to believe that, that wealth and prosperity gospel. And that's not necessarily at all actually what that more abundantly means. But like I said, we won't get there today, but I got excited about the first part of this in a way that I have never really looked at before. And so when we look at John 10 and 10, the Bible just says the thief, the thief. 
And so me being being uh, obsessed with words and meanings and understanding and, and Hebrew and Chaldean and Greek and really breaking down the original text, that word thief is kleptes, from which we get kleptomaniac and some of the, the words in English. But when you look at that definition, it says a thief who steals by stealth in secret rather than openly in violence or with violence. And, and I thought about that. Well, what are, you, what are you trying to tell us with this particular, this, these first two words of John 10, 10? The thief, well, the thief operates in secret. The thief operates in disguise. The thief operates in a way that is not showy in a way that if you're not careful and if you're not looking, you might miss it and you might get robbed. And so this thief there is operating in secret. One last, last sermon, I'm going to get there. Last sermon, I talked about greater is he and, and no need to finish that, right? <laughs> no need to finish the latter part of that, that scripture because all of our focus and all of the authority, we have to focus more on that other than like, what the world does and society does, and even some churches where they really glorify the enemy and they really give all this power unnecessarily to someone who is being used by God to strengthen us and to increase our testimony, right? And to help us understand who we truly are in Christ. But Paul said something in 2 Corinthians 2.11, and that's, I'm going to rattle off some scriptures throughout this, so I, I encourage you to just write them down. We can, you can go at them to them later. But one of the things he mentioned that he said, I'm not ignorant of the enemy's devices. And, and my, my goal today is to help us not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, because the enemy is that thief that is spoken of, spoken of in the first part of John 10 and 10. Amen. So, but here's the problem. The problem in our society and in the church today is that we're not sensitive enough to recognize, we're not informed enough to recognize the thief when the thief is trying to break in and steal. And I'm reminded of, there's a story in Acts, uh, an account in Acts 16, 16 through 18, where there was a soothsayer, right? And she was following Paul and some of the other uh, followers, and she just kept saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show us unto us a way of salvation. But she was doing this in a very mockingly and a mocking way. She didn't mean this, but she saw that they were a threat to the empire that she had built up by soothsaying, by divination, and she was profiting off of people and taking advantage of people. And she saw that by them being there, they were going to essentially have her file for chapter 11 bankruptcy because the power of God she knew was going to overtake that place and people were going to, what I did on the beach, open their eyes and they're going to be able to look up. And so Paul goes on in that county and he was grieved. The Bible says he was grieved and turned and said to the spirit, not to the woman, he said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and he came out that same hour. So 
part of the problem, one of the things that I, I've, and I haven't lived a long, a long life, but one of the things that I have noticed is that some of the worst arguments happen at church. And some of the worst uh, attacks happen at church. And, and God forbid, I mean, if, if there's a really good sermon, a lot of times right afterwards, you there's there's something, there's some drama, there's you, and maybe not necessarily with the people within that congregation, but go out to eat afterwards, right? Go out to eat and you might have the nastiest server. You just had this high time in the Lord and you're feasting spiritually. And then you go to, I don't know, Damon's uh, or um, what's the place up there? Outback. And, and you might have the worst service and the person is there not coming to the table and they act like they don't care. They're forgetting your order. And you're like, this is terrible. And so now, now we've, we've gotten distracted, just like that little fly buzzing around. We've gotten distracted and not focused on what, who we should be focused on. And so one thing that Paul teaches us in this, being not ignorant of the enemy's devices, he's saying, don't stop, stop with the, stop looking at the outward, looking at the person and start looking beneath and looking at the root because clearly, clearly there is a spiritual thing happening that is attacking you because of your power, because of your authority and anointing, because of the light of Christ in you. See, e evil's not going to attack evil. It makes absolutely no sense. The Bible even says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So darkness will never fight darkness. Darkness is only going to fight when it sees light because it makes it uncomfortable. And so a lot of times we need to realize and recognize when the enemy is using people, is using people in the church, is using people in, in the workplace, is using people when we go out to eat, when we go to the grocery store, somebody that might bump your cart a little bit too hard and you, and you might want to turn and say something to them, but you have to understand that it's not that person. A lot of times it is the spirit within that person that recognizes the light of God in you. And so we should not return in kind. We should not return eye for eye, tooth for a tooth, right? We should return in peace. Love your neighbor. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Do the, be, be that, that better person, if you will. And so I would, he says, we're, we're not ignorant of Satan's, of, of the enemy's devices. And in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Nowhere in there does it say we wrestle against Sarah, Susie, Sally, I don't know why they all start with S's. Steve, we don't wrestle against these people. We are wrestling against, it says not against those people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Four different entities and nowhere in there is the person that's walking down the street. But it is the spirit behind the person walking down the street. It's the spirit behind the government that's enacting certain policies. It's the spirit behind the people who are uh, waging war in Ethiopia. It's the spirit behind what happened at Ash 
natural world in Houston. It's the spirit behind these things. It's not the individuals because the individuals of themselves don't have that power. They are just puppets being controlled by these entities. Amen. Amen. And so what and, and so let's go back to John 10 and 10, where it says the thief. And, and, and so what what I, I want to do today is expose, expose the enemy, right? Expose a, an aspect of what he is trying to do, trying being the operative word. The thief cometh not but for to steal. And I think today that's all we're going to get to is that part of this scripture. He comes but for to steal. And I thought about that. Well, you, you have to understand then, okay, so what is the thief trying to steal, right? If, 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 he's, if he comes to steal first, not, not kill, kill a second, destroy his later, he's coming to steal. Well, what is he coming to steal? Well, the thing that, that popped into my head based off of sermons that Uncle Will have preached in the parable, we, we really just, I think, went over this recently is the understanding of the word. So if you go to Matthew 13 and you want to start at verse one, but it is explained in verse 19, the parable of the sower, right? Because in 19, the Lord explains that he says, when anyone heareth of the king, I'm sorry, the word of the kingdom and understands it not, he said, then cometh the wicked one, there's another name, and catcheth the way that which was sown in his heart. What does he catch away? He steals it. He's stealing the understanding of the word. That's one key thing that the enemy wants to do is to steal that understanding. Proverbs 4, 5, and, uh, 4 and 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 4, 7, right below that says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. Psalm 119, 104, through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, because I have that understanding, therefore, I hate every false way. So in all our getting, we have to get that understanding. We have to, as Uncle Will says all the time, do like the Bereans in Acts 17, 11, be a Berean. I thought of that. I said, you know, we're, we're Believers Bible Church. We could very well be renamed Berean Bible Church because of the focus of studying the word rightly, which leads into the next 2 Timothy 2, 15, right? Study to show thyself approved. I believe Cousin Todd shared this that scripture last Sunday, rightly dividing the word of truth. So one thing that the enemy is trying to do is steal our understanding of the word. The other thing is that that came to me, and, and there are more, but we're only going to touch on these two things that he's trying to steal, is our testimony. And I hope everybody's following me. I hope you're taking notes. I hope uh, this is blessing you so far, like it blessed me when I, I studied it. Um, our testimony. What is our testimony? Our testimony is our witness and our reputation. So Revelations 12, 11 reminds us that we overcome 
the enemy. We overcome evil by the blood of the lamb. What was done on Calvary when Christ sacrificed himself for our sins, for all time, for everyone, and by the word of our testimony. And then we go back to Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2, and, and, and we start to see, okay, yeah, how important it is that we take our reputation, because that's what that word means. Our testimony is our reputation based off of what God has done for us. And it truly is, I wrote this down, that it's a matter of life and death, and not necessarily for us, but for others who are watching us, because we are compassed what? with such a great cloud of witnesses. They're watching our lives. They're watching how we treat others. They're watching us at work. They're watching us in the grocery store and in the restaurant. They're watching us even in church because not everybody who comes to the church is part of the church. So those are two things that the enemy is trying to steal. Trying, again, being the operative word because I want you to remember what Isaiah 54, 17 says. I wish I could call out and say, hey, somebody said, tell me what that means. You know, tell me what that is. But we know what that is, right? No weapon formed against me shall what? Shall prosper. It will be formed and it will be formed against me. <laughs> All of us are gonna have weapons formed against us, but they won't prosper. They won't work to the extent that they thought, or the enemy thought they were going to work. And so I wrote here, uh, so, okay. So the premise here, right, is that there's this thief that exists, okay? We call him Satan, we call him the enemy, devil. He's a thief, right? And I'm also re reminded of the other one, the other scripture that says any, um, uh, anyone comes to me, but by the father, they are, they are a thief and a robber. So uh, you, you start to see this thief word time and a time and time and time again, right? Uh, what did the enemy do way back in the garden of Eden? Stole, literally stole paradise by misquoting the word of God. So again, the importance of understanding, not just hearing the word, as is in James, you know, 122, not just in hearing, but understanding it. Because had Eve and even Adam, by extension, truly understood the word that was given, we wouldn't be in the mess that we are today. And we would all have been born in paradise. But that's unfortunately not the way things were even planned at that point before time. And so they, they had the word, they misinterpreted the word, they didn't understand the word. And so that we can clearly see the thief in the beginning of the Bible, in the absolute beginning, first interaction with man. But I said, so if that's the, 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 the purpose, one of the purposes of the enemy, is to, to steal, right? Kill and destroy, we're gonna, hopefully, Lord willing, we're gonna get to uh, when in, in the next part of this. But how do you, I, I asked the question, then how do you stop a thief, right? How do you stop a thief that's trying to come into your place and, and steal from you? Well, let's, let's look at this in the natural, okay? You're gonna need a comprehensive security system. 
Well, what, what does that entail? Right. So the first part is that you need to have an awareness. People need to understand that there is a, that you have a security system. Amen. Right. Because they will take all day long. Some, some neighborhoods and y'all know y'all, y'all from some of them, um, some neighborhoods, if you don't have a security system sign in your front lawn, your house is open game whenever, whenever you leave. Unless you have a really good relationship with your neighbor that's looking out and you got a neighborhood watch. But even that is a sign saying that you better watch your step because we have things in place to deter you from operating the way that you would want to operate. Amen. So you need a comprehensive security system. And that's the awareness that the system is present. Well, what are you talking about? Well, we need a banner, right? We don't need to have, uh, I'm drawing a blank as far as security systems, but we don't need to have a security system sign in the front lawn. But according to Exodus 17, 15, we do have a banner, amen? We have Jehovah Nisi that is in our front lawn. And I want you to follow this, this picture, if you will, with me as I begin to describe how we are able as children of God on a daily basis, stop the thief from stealing. Again, not even, if he can't steal, how is he gonna kill and destroy, amen? It's almost like a certain order. If he starts to steal and starts to pull things away and pull your witness away and pull your testimony and the, the power and effectiveness of your lifestyle away, then it's easier to move to that next stage, that killing stage, and then that destroying stage right, which is even worse. Um, so we have Jehovah Nisi in our front lawn, amen? Our banner, our banner that says to the enemy, you better watch your step. You better watch your step because you're, you're on the wrong lawn, you're in the wrong area, and you're, you're trying to steal from the wrong house, not my house. That should be another T-shirt, Exodus 17, 15, not my house, right? So Ephesians, Ephesians so, so more about this security system. Well, you also need to be, you need to be present, but you also need to have a, a particular way to enact your, your offense, right? So there needs to be some actual defense, some teeth, some bite, to this security system. And Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 shows us this. What is that? That's the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna skip that. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit because I'm gonna actually go into the present. You need to be present and you need to be in the right place, right? So the Bible tells us and reminds us in Proverbs 18 and 10 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I always like that grammar and that doesn't say are safe, but they is. <laughs> they is safe, you know, just a continual state of safety, a continual state of, of being protected. And so picture if you will, you have at the front lawn of our lives, you have the, the Jehovah Nisi banner, right? You have the Jehovah Nisi banner. And then behind that, you have this, we don't have a regular house, y'all. We don't have a, a, a colonial. We don't have a duplex. 
We don't have um, a ranch. We have a strong tower. So when the enemy comes in, right, the enemy comes in and sees that banner of defense, like, okay, the Lord, the Lord is watching this place. The Lord's security and his angels and his hosts are watching this place. Now, the next thing he encounters, right, is this tower and seeing this strong tower. What is a strong tower? It's a fortified place, a fortified place that is not easy to attack. It's not easy to overcome. There are defenses built in. You're not really going to break down a strong tower because it is solid. It is solid. It, it is almost impossible to penetrate the walls of something like that. And then, the, but the, the other part is that if, let's say, for example, if no one, if the security system is going off right in your neighborhood and there's no one showing up, the cops aren't showing up, you know, you're not coming home, uh, the thief might, might linger. The thief might linger and say, well, you got all this bark, you got the right words. You can say, God bless you all day long. You can say hallelujah and praise the Lord all day long. You can sing the right songs. You can wear the right clothes. You have all the religious terms. You have all that down pat. You even look like a Christian. But if you have all this alarm and all this audible noise and there's no one truly home, then you really don't have a comprehensive security system. You have the external, the show, and there's nothing, there's no depth, there's no, there's no substance in there. So we need to be present. And with being present, we need to be in the, with the whole armor of God. We need to wear the whole armor of God, amen? So Ephesians, again, 6, 10 through 17. Now imagine this. Now you have the banner in the lawn, you have this strong tower, right? Inside, because we are in the right place, the right standing, righteousness, the, the true definition of it, the right standing with God, meaning we are home. We are there. We are doing what we're supposed to do. We are fasting. We are reading the word. We are praying. We are meditating on the goodness of God. We are sharing God's goodness with others. We're doing all these things that allow us to keep the whole armor of God on at all times. Here's the thing I thought about. I, I said, you know, I've all you, we've probably heard before that the only offensive weapon in the armor is the sword of the spirit, right? And and figuratively that may be true, but that's not true technically and literally, because in the heat of battle, and one of my favorite movies is Gladiator. One of my favorite movies, right? Three, I like Three Hundred too, uh, but it's just way too much slow mo. But when in the heat of battle. The soldier doesn't just use the sword or the spear, but the soldier will use that shield as a weapon. Sometimes you'll see the soldier take off their helmet and use that as a weapon. They may even, I mean, sisters in the hood would actually take off their shoe, their high heel. And some of y'all, y'all laughing because you know this is true. They take out both earrings, right? Just like that. I don't know how they do it that fast. It's like, it's, it's like magic. They take off the earrings. The shoe is already in the hand. And they're ready to use that shoe as a weapon. So 
understanding that every piece of the armor of God is both defense and offense. That it's not just the sword of the spirit because your salvation, your faith, the helmet of salvation, how can not that not be an offensive weapon? I am literally saved and understanding the word mentally. My mental capacity is understanding what God has done for me. Therefore, I understand who I am in Christ. That's the helmet of salvation. And so we, we just, you know, each part of this, this armor, again, can be offense or defense. Amen. So this, this is the, the picture I'm going to leave you with for today is remember no weapon formed against us shall prosper and you you just when the this thief okay this thief is going to try to come try to steal from us try to steal our joy try to steal our understanding of the word try to steal our testimony try to steal our effectiveness in reaching other people in spreading the good news of christ try to steal these things but when we are in right standing, the right place, the right place with God, this is what deters that thief. And that thief is not going to pursue. He's going to go running, right? What's the scripture that says um, resist the devil and what? It never said we would flee. It said resist the devil and what? He, you're going to send the enemy packing and running away from you. One shall chase a thousand, two shall put 10,000 to flight. It's not even a fair fight when God is concerned. People always talk about David and Goliath and David being the underdog. And, and Uncle Woods mentioned this. David was never, never the underdog. Goliath, from the beginning of his making noise and barking and roaring like a lion, was always the underdog because David knew who he was helmet of salvation. He knew who he was. And because of that, he said, look, the same God that rescued me from the bear and the same God that rescued me from the lion is the same God that's going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. And so uh, with God, we are never, ever, ever, I hate that word minority. We're never a minority. Now you know the meaning of the term. We are always in the majority. I shared with Crystal yesterday, we were joking about something and um, I sent her a scripture where the, the prophet asked that the Lord would open the eyes of the servant because they were being pursued. And he opened his eyes and he looked and beheld the, the entire clouds and the sky was filled with the host of heaven ready to go to war. We are never the minority. We are never the underdog. And so, but, but if you will, if the enemy would try to, he would face, he would see a banner saying Jehovah Nisi on our lawn. Behind the banner would be a strong fortified tower with walls and, and its own built-in defense system. And inside of that, just in case he made it through, which I doubt he could unless we're not inside the tower. See, we get, we get in trouble when we come outside that tower and we try to box the enemy. We try to fight the enemy. But God is saying, that's not where I want you. And you've never, you were never meant to be on the lawn in front of the banner. See, some of us are control freaks, amen? 
Amen. We, we want to control every little thing that happens. When, when, when there's a, a something bad happening in our lives, we want to, okay, let me figure it out. Let me figure out a plan. To, to, and God is like, no, this is not your plan. It's not your battle. Sit down and let me work. Let me take care of this battle for you. And so when we get out, but if we stay in the right place, then the enemy hits that banner. Then there is the strong tower. And on the inside of the tower, we are standing there fully armored from head to toe with the armor of God. So it's a done deal. You're not getting past the banner. You're not getting through the strong tower. You come inside. There we are standing as soldiers of Christ, fully armored from head to toe. And, and, and at that point, that's when the enemy runs away scared because it's, it's too much of a hassle to go through all that. It's way too much. So brothers and sisters, let's continue, continue. Let us continue to be in the right place with God, the right standing with God so that we are wearing the full armor in that strong tower with the banner Jehovah Nisi on our front line. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Wow. Great, great word. Great word. Let's just give the Lord another hand clap. Thank you, Tim.